What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Dusty Dimes podcast? I Dusty am Dimes. Blogger with my co-host, Alan Peters. What's up, Alan? Uh, my good friend. It's going well. I can't complain. I just got back from Tennessee. It's a beautiful morning. A morning. <laughs> well, it's, I just have been sleeping all day, man. I was going hard in the pain in Nashville. I went to a music festival known as Bonnaroo. It was uh, is what you make of it, man. Looking forward to today's podcast. That's I all saw, I know. I know. I saw your videos. They were pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Looked pretty intense. Yeah, we had some pretty, pretty excellent high level experiences coming from this organization that gave us basically a top tier ticket to this event. There's four tiers, Mm -hmm. general general admission being the smallest, platinum being the highest. And when I tell you, if anyone's out there listening has never been to a festival like this, if you could save the money, go and get these platinum tickets for this event, because I'm telling you, if you can, if you can stand camping, if you can stand the outdoors and the weather, it was, probably one of the best times I've ever had. I mean, for some of the seats I sat, for some of the performers, you would have paid 25 to 30% of the total festival's tickets just to see somebody up front that close. So for example, TJ, there's a band called Tool. I don't know if you've ever heard of Tool. I have. Tool is very successful. They, They have hits. They're a progressive rock band. Tools fans are Tools fans. You know, not many people know Tool, but a lot of people know Tool. Where I sat and saw Tool would probably be a $500 ticket in its own right. So just to put something in perspective, you know, it's not about the money. It's about the experience. But if you can save for something like this, the platinum ticket is the way to go for Bonnaroo. And uh, Nashville, Tennessee is what Nashville, Tennessee is. I mean, it's uh, what I'd like to call it as Chicago light. Nice. So you have nice. a Miller, you have a Miller light, Bud, Bud light. Yeah. Na- Nashville, Chicago light. That's yep. what Nashville is. But today, but anyway, yeah. Today is, this is, this is probably a, a going to be an awesome podcast. Um, uh, we're going to have Matthew Barnaby. Barnaby was drafted by the Buffalo Sabres 83rd overall in the fourth round in the 92 entry draft. I know you're a, you're a big Barnaby guy and let's go rangers yeah right right i know so um well we have a lot in common i mean we obviously have a lot to discuss but you being a flyers fan as well tj i mean we uh, today matthews played with several big stars that that we obviously grew up with but you know we're successful players on our own teams and our own right so no i'm just i'm looking forward to the day no kidding it's it's great because you know like i told my wife you know, I said, if you would have told me 10 years ago, I'd be talking to Matthew Barnaby on a podcast. I probably would have laughed at you. Yeah, right. And and listen, you know how we both feel about Lindros in our own right, collectively, yeah. you know, and, and out of all positives, nothing negative. So, like, for this guy to, to be able to play with, you know, an important player like that amongst so many others. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I'm looking forward to another Theo Flurry story today maybe i don't you never know i you never know you never know i mean it's 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 just you know surreal for me you know what i mean because like i said man when we when mike and i started this podcast you know it was it was as a joke you know what well, i mean yeah it's it's it was built off of fun i wouldn't call it a joke i mean this yeah. isn't a joke we're going strong baby mm-hmm. i mean but i get was, it 
it was like, oh, let's just do it just for shits and giggles. And then, you know, the, the, the talent we've had on here, the, the pros we've had on here, you know, I, I just, you know, for Joe Garai, like I had Lanny on the podcast and his his episodes up to 100 listens already. I didn't think it'd be up that much. The kid's the next star of the show, man. <laughs> I hope so. I Me hope too. So, I just want to sit in a box, man. That's all I want. That's what I keep. That's what I keep telling him. I'm like, dude. I we had a, we had a nice little, nice little chat today about it. I said, listen, man. I'm like, if this is, you know, your ultimate goal to make it to the NHL, I'm like, you 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 have to, you know, take it serious and start buckling down because you know, you know him. He's on the WWE and and all that other shit. So I, I just told him, I'm like, he's got time though. He does have time. He does. He does. But I mean, he, he's, he's, you know, well, maybe like, he's going to be the next John Cena. Who knows? <laughs> That's Braden. Braden's going to I know. Be I know. Braden's going to be the hardy boy at its finest. Mm-hmm. 100%. The high flyer. Dude, 110%. Man. So I just, I, I mean, I'm just waiting here. I sent him the link. So as soon as he connects, we'll be on. Um, and how's how's the new addition to the family? Can we can we speak about that? Is yeah, that okay? yeah, she's she's doing well, man. She's it's crazy. Like, I I, I never never imagined Adrian and I having a daughter. I really didn't. Right. I mean, never. but she's doing well. She's doing well. She eats and sleeps, man. It's it's what she's doing now. It's a beautiful thing, man. You have a beautiful family. Yeah, so I mean, the boys, the boys are enjoying her. Uh, they're they're being re- I mean, they're both very personable and very close with each other, which is a beautiful thing. But they're being receptive to the you know the new kid. I mean, oh, yeah. I was never. I have no siblings. You do. Your wife does. Obviously, we know this. So it's like I, I from my perspective, I I can only see from the outside looking in because there's no mm-hmm. direct correlation to me like that. No, absolutely. Absolutely, it's great stuff, though. But yeah, man, how have you been? You've been well. I've been doing well, man. I've been doing well. You know, working, coaching. I actually took, I took a, uh, I took a. Sorry, Matthew's texting me right now. Um, it's all right. You took I'm a actually, sabbatical. No. I'm actually, uh, I'm helping, still helping assistant coach for Landon's team this year for U12s, and then I took the U18 head coach position for CPP this year. So I'm pretty pumped. You know, I spoke to the to the GM of the organization. I said, you know, I'm, I'm pretty excited. You know, I even I told Adrian last night that I'm, I'm excited to, you know, actually be back in the game coaching older kids. Well, you know, listen, it's, it's one thing to teach your son. It's one thing to teach and anyone out there. It's one thing to teach your child directly if you, if you, you have a child that plays. But – to when your kid is young like yours tj for example you yeah. know your your kid's discipline not every kid on that team is as disciplined as your son and you not being the coach you know again we've spoke about this we've beaten a dead horse it's like you know being the outside parent you know yeah knowing your place as the outside parent and uh which you obviously do because you you can differentiate between when you coach and when you're the parent mm-hmm. but when you're with kids you know Listen, not that that Lanny's team's not, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The the experience is there, but when you deal with kids that are in their late teens like that, yeah, it's almost like it's not better to be in that position, but it's like 
the, the kids are more understanding. There's no, oh, look at the little bird in the sky kind of thing. You know, there's no distractions. Yeah. Business. It is what it is. I mean, I'm sure there's kids on Lanny's team that really take it as seriously as he does. And I'm sure that there's kids that oh, are very good. That just his, his team, man. The kids, do, do, do. Yeah, you know? the, kids, the kids on his team love it. You know, his coach, you know, Steve loves the game, loves teaching. And, you know, I love I love working with him. You know what I mean? Shout out, shout out to Steve. Shout out to Steve. <laughs> so it's it, it is what it is. I mean, it, it's it's just it's it's different coaching younger kids compared to older kids. And I, I explained that very well that, you know, there's some things you could say to the older kids that you can't say to the younger kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not even anything even vulgar and appropriate. It's just the, the fact of explaining how you know maybe how to uh, like back check and not that a kid a little kid's not going to understand it yeah someone who's older you know who's been playing now a lot longer too especially those kids at that experience level Mm -hmm. you you know you can describe it one way to another and and they uh, oh yeah coach i get that that's what's up dude yeah yeah exactly i agree i agree 100 percent. 100 percent. that's great man it's great. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad that uh, your wife is doing well, you know, that the boys are doing well. Uh, I spoke to your uh, brother-in-law, been pretty good uh, contact with him recently, so that's pretty cool. We went to a wrestling match not too long ago. I saw. I know. Uh, so that was, you know, it's just another day in paradise. You know, you guys, your families, you know, I'm living vicariously through you, baby, you know? <laughs> how I'm was, hanging out. How was the wrestling? How was the wrestling event? Oh, I'm so glad that not only have I, I known your family as long as I've known them, but to uh, be able to go to an event with him like that. I mean, bro, we were sitting. So he bought tickets in advance. I had tickets through friends. The friends canceled. So last minute I found one online. So okay. I'll sit and I'll stand. I'll sit GA, whatever. Would you believe that one of the only seats in the building, TJ, was where? That was open. One of the only seats that was open in the building Next was where? Eric next to your brother-in-law eric so now i'm sitting next to him we got eight in english and the other guy literally you could grab the desk right they're sitting there doing the uh, commentary right there mm-hmm. uh eddie kingston then comes out of nowhere and joins them so eddie kingston is literally like two people away from me and you know they had a job to do but it's cool to be that close to them and then you know, Eric's been schooling me on a lot of New Japan wrestling. Not that I wasn't, you know, aware of it or the talent, but yeah, the capacity of the ability that these stars have overseas is just—it's equally as related to the WWE. Yeah, you know, unless they have personal issues going on with their company, and you know, that's that's just what it is. But it was such an experience to watch, you know, these stars that are from overseas and you don't see them a lot obviously and it's yeah. like it was an experience it was an experience and now that they've been incorporating them uh, on AEW the last couple of weeks it's been like you know we saw it about a month ago and now I'm watching the guys that I just watched in the show that I had no idea or were you know fewly unfamiliar with you know not that familiar with now I'm being able to watch them on TV every week like oh this is cool this is cool so it was fun it was fun, and then I had a little experience with Eddie Kingston at the end of the night, which was uh was pretty awesome. Upon yeah, upon leaving, I was leaving the garage. Yeah, yeah, I told you, you that, dude. When you sent me that thing about yeah. about Kingston, like uh-huh. in the garage, was pretty stoked. 
Oh, yeah. So basically, I'm pulling out of the garage. Now, the, the show is over. They had a, a like a tour bus that picked everybody up. So everybody who was on the show was going on this tour bus, probably most likely to either the hotel or the airport. That is what it is. So upon leaving, I'm pulling out. And, you know, there's a couple cars in front of me and it's the small garage, you know, at the ECW arena, the, the Alhambra building in, in Philadelphia. They now call it 2300 arena. Yep. Uh, it's small under right under the, the highways, this parking garage size. I'm leaving. I look to my left and I'm stopped because the car's in front of me and it's Eddie Kingston and uh, a couple other people. So he's just standing there, standing there. And I look over at him. And I look at him, he's now making eye contact with me. So I described to him his one of his original outfits he used to wear in the ring. And I was like, basically, man, I watched you in North Jersey in this outfit to see you now facing Jericho on TV. And I basically was like, you know, I threw Jericho under the bus. Let's keep it, uh, you know, professional here. And then he laughed and then walked up to me, daps me up told me straight up thank you man and and it was just a cool experience i mean it's just Sick. the fact that he was cool enough to do that it's like and he's finally made it i think at least i mean there's some other guys who've made it who've been man i don't know i don't we can go down the wormhole if you want but this is this is hockey not wrestling but man Here it's been have. a while it's been a wild three weeks in the world of pro wrestling tj Dude, i hear you i hear you brother Oh my God! Between ownership and talent slipping up again, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, man. Sounds good. I like the ringing. Hello. Hi, can I speak to Matthew, please? Oh, okay. One moment. Are you, are you guys for the podcast? Yeah. How are you? Good. <laughs> how are you? Okay. Hold on one second. Let me just go get him. Yep. Oh. God. Bear with us, guys. Had to call Matt. Sounds like a party. I want to be there. Thank you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, brother. What's going on? I'm good. The link wasn't working. All right. You know what? You're not the first, and you're not going to be the last. It's it's crazy. We love Anchor. (laughs) No, we just, you know, thank you for taking the time out of your day to, to speak with us. Um, I, I know, you know, you're a busy guy and everything. Uh, first, you know, I, I just want to, you know, reach out to you and uh, start off with your youth hockey career. Like junior hockey, how that came about and what your ultimate goal was, you know, playing juniors. Did you want to go pro? Did you not want to go pro? Well, I think everyone wants to go pro. But I, I grew up, I was a talented kid. Like most guys that play in the NHL uh, I didn't hit puberty the late, so I was, I was like a young, late, late developer, and, you know, I got cut in Bantam, I got cut in Midget, and mm-hmm. was the last overall pick in, in Major Junior, and kind of between a car, crossroads in, in Major Junior, and so I wanted to make the team, I really, I don't think at the time I was talented enough to make it, and just decided that I had to find a niche. It was 1989, and a long time ago, a long, long time ago, and just decided I was going to try to fight my way in and show that I was willing to do anything to to make major junior. So it wasn't even on my radar at the, at, at the time. Mm-hmm. Just making major junior was like 
to me, the NHL. So, you know, I decided to change kind of my role and decide to fight. And I saw the fans appreciate it, the coach appreciate it. And, you know, it was always everyone always liked to uh, be appreciated for what they, they do and appreciate for how they play. And I, I got that right away in, in Major Junior in Quebec City. I played in both sports. It was, it was pretty awesome. And I just continued that throughout. From that, it just evolved from making, you know, having a role, having a coach that believed in you, having teammates that loved you. And, and then the NHL came, and I just continued the same way. So it was uh, pretty well the exact same way all the way through once I kind of found my niche. Nice. Now, I know not many people may not know this, but can you touch on what Larry Harris said to you about when you were drafted? Can you touch on that? Yeah, Larry, Larry, Larry was an awesome guy. He was the head scout of the Buffalo Sabres. And, mm-hmm. You know, he followed me around and, you know, liked the way I played. And I knew he was following me a little bit. I was a fourth rounder. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, when it came down to it, when meetings came down to it, Larry was the guy that came in and got up there and all the scouts were around. And, you know, when at our meeting, our, our last meeting, uh, essentially I was around to the whole brass. And they said, you know, Bob Covert on a, uh, on a Saturday night, he, he might ask you to fight. What are you going to do? <laughs> you know, at 8.05. And, yeah. and essentially I said, well, at 8.03, I would have already asked him to fight. And they're like, I told you, this guy's fucked up. He's a little different than all the other guys. And Bobby. They just said, they just, they, they just looked at me and just said, you know, we're not making any promises, but if you're there when we think, um, you know, you're in the right spot, mm-hmm. uh, you'll be a Buffalo Sabres. And other teams promised me the world before them. I won't mention who they were. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was teams that told me they were taking me in the third round. I ended up going in the fourth round. And I'm very... Very, very lucky with the Buffalo Sabres. Absolutely. Now, uh, jumping, let, we're going to jump ahead here. You jump all over here. Um, what stands out to me, like I grew up, you know, I grew up in Philly, Flyers fan. You know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't hate you, but I disliked you. You know what I mean? <laughs> as he as only, bro, he only loved you when you played for the <laughs> Rangers, brother. I wish you fucking hated me. <laughs> But listen, I, I don't, you, I didn't, I'm not that type of guy. You know what I mean? I'm not, I, I did, I disliked you because you did your job. You know what Absolutely. I mean? You did your job. So jumping like to 96, the whole incident was Gar Snow. Were you playing possum or were you really hurt? I, I, I wouldn't say I was really hurt. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be more impressed if you said you hated me rather than, Dislike me. That's kind of like a count. All right, I, all right. I'll take it back. I hate. I hated you. I hated you. All right. I got it pretty good. I got a good cross check, and then Mayday came in with a super fly snickle over the top. Yeah. Yes. Trainer, hey, Garsno, I know he's coming because I fought him the year before in in the minors. He was with Cornwall. I was with the Amherst, and I said, I know he's coming. Mm-hmm. If he touched me in any which way, just get the fuck out of the way, and I'm going to beat the fuck out of this guy. <laughs> so 
obviously that came to fruition, and I beat the fuck out of him. It was it's always nice to get a goaltender that's always bulked up and doesn't know what's coming. So I was I was very fortunate that he he knew exactly, and I I knew exactly what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. But it, it played out exactly the way I thought. Doesn't always play out the way, and I I had to fight guys that were a lot tougher than me. Uh, the Garcino, I ended up playing with him in Pittsburgh after <laughs> so many times. And I have a book coming out, and that picture is going to be in the book, and uh, we had so much fun. But, yes, it was planned a little bit, but only because of the Philadelphia Flyers, <laughs> your fucking team. The bullies. <laughs> they're bullies. Yeah. Now, now we're going to uh, – the second part of this question is, you know, your time in the NHL, you know, driving to the rink, you know, pregame. Did you enjoy going to the rink every night knowing you were good at hockey and knowing you were going to piss off about 18,000 people every night? Well, I, I'd go to the ladder. I'd, I'd go to the, the ladder. My goal was, you know, I played with so many great players. Mark Messier, Joe Sackick, Forsberg, LaFontaine McGillney. I can go on. The plethora is yep. absolutely crazy. So I, I knew my role. And my role was to piss off not only a team, but it's entertainment. If someone's spending $100 on a ticket, yeah, you go to a concert, you go to a hockey game, a football game, you want to entertain, right? Like, exactly. You want, yeah. You want to entertain. So I wanted to entertain. I wanted my home team to absolutely love me, and I wanted every other fan base to fucking hate me. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. It's my goal. End of story. I wish I had social media back then. <laughs> on the ice, yeah. not off the ice, because off the ice might have been a different story. But yes, I I, I would have loved loved social media. But yeah, my my goal is to piss off fan bases and teams. And if I didn't piss you off, I wasn't doing my job. Mm-hmm. A true and, a true heel, brother. A true heel. Exactly. Now, yeah. now you know. Now we're gonna jump ahead to ninety eight. Mother's Day, you scored three goals against Montreal, right? How special was that for you and your mom to share that moment, knowing your mom raised you your whole life? And, and you know, after you scored the goal, you looked right up at her and pointed at her. What what was that moment like? I have to say it, it, it's a double feeling. My son was born on May 2nd, and that happened on May 10th. So I just had my first son. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, you know, being a father for the first time and knowing my mother, I, I was raised by a single parent mom, mm-hmm. never knew my dad, and, and have that feeling of joy. I, I wasn't a scorer. Like, I wasn't a bad player. I was a great player. I was somewhere in the middle. Yep. And to be able to play against your childhood team, who I loved, which was Montreal Canadiens, and to score a hat-trick on Mother's Day with your mother in attendance in a box, running up a $10,000 bill on my account. Um, <laughs> that was awesome. That was you couldn't great. write that better. But, but you know, you, see, you have you have that, and then you're a new, a new dad, which is Mother's Day for my wife, Ben. That was pretty damn cool. Uh, Buffalo's an awesome spot. Mm-hmm. The fans are absolutely incredible. But it was a, just a magical day that can't be duplicated. And I, I, I look forward to, I'm not much in... in in talking about myself as a career, or even being a hockey player, I, I really don't talk about it much. It's not, it doesn't change who I am. I'm Matthew Barnaby. I'm not Matthew Barnaby. 
a hockey player. I could give a shit about playing hockey or, or doing that. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, every, every Mother's Day, I watch, I, I watch TSN or I watch whoever's covering it, whether it's Sportsnet or ESPN, and it always comes, comes back. There's only very few people that have that Mother's Day in the NHL. So it, it's a pretty, pretty, cool, pretty cool thing, but that day was absolutely magical. Absolutely. No, it's you. You do that. My son, my it's my son's 11. It's after every goal he scores, he points to his mom, which is great. You know, what I mean, because when I, I, I saw you do that, it just reminded me of my son, the, the stuff he does, because, you know, obviously moms are special. So I, I thought that was a great yeah, thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, I, I, I want to know, I, I, you probably said it already, you know, who would you say your toughest opponent was fighting in your professional career? It's funny. I, I, I talked with Andre Wad and I, I was in Moncton this last week mm-hmm. and, you know, with me and Brad May and Andre Wad, Dennis Vial, Don Brashear, I can go Ooh. on with the tough guys that were there. Yeah. So many tough guys. And we get asked this question, Almost on the deal. Yep. And the question is, all of them. Because every one of them can break your face with everyone. Any punch can come your way and break your face. Exactly. At, a, at any given Perfect. moment. Yeah. yeah. For Andre Watt, Colt Moore broke his oracle ball. Yeah. For me, Darren McCarty. Coming over 20 stitches, broke my nose. Tony Twist. George the Rock, Bob Probert. Anyone can hurt you at any time. So mm-hmm. for me, the hardest I was ever hit was Darren McCarty. Yeah. Was he the toughest I ever faced? I don't know. Stu Grimson, Zdeno Chara. We can go on. The list goes on and on for every single one of these guys. They're all tough. Everyone's tough. Who, who, who gets that punch at the right time? Uh, there's guys I wouldn't fight. Joey Kosher, mm-hmm. Tony Twist, Bob Probert, I would have fought, and God rest his soul, Derek Bogart, no chance. So there's there's certain guys and whatever. Ty told me I fought four times. He never hurt me. Is he tough as nails? Fucking absolutely. Yeah, really tough. All these guys are tough. They fight. They fight for a living. Here's what I'm telling you right now. Post retirement. Never fight a guy with cauliflower ears. That's my <laughs> advice to everyone. Yeah. Now, now speaking of like, you know, fighting and tough guys, I know, you know, the thing, the new thing out is Ice Wars. And I, I, what's your thought on that? You know, I, I again, they, they approached me a little bit on, on the side mm-hmm. about doing it not something that interests me in any which way, just seeing guys square up and fight Yeah, like that. I, I'd rather watch UFC, maybe not boxing. Boxing's kind of taking the steps, you know, like sidestep to them. So uh, I'd rather watch UFC, but I get it. Everyone's trying to make a buck and, and do what they do, and they're trying to build up Danbury Thrashers. I, I get it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the documentary is great on Netflix. Awesome. I don't think I'm signing up to watch uh, the old ice wars. That's yeah. That's I mean, I I think I mean I don't know. It, it seems like a good thing, but I in the long run I don't see it 
lasting. You know, it's no. it's just like you said, UFC. You can you sit there and watch UFC or watch boxing or even you know WrestleMania or something. It's more entertaining. You know what I mean? It's essentially you're getting a bunch of guys that really need the money. Exactly. Just pay for like five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see that. Yeah. Now, um, I saw a thing on on your on your podcast, um, which you know it's, it's we talk about this all the time, and you know you talked about hazing, and it's definitely uncalled for the game. Can you talk talk about this with us and the young kids listening about the hazing and the effects it does on the future to a human being? Yeah, I I, I just I, I don't think we're gonna see it like we saw it. Like when I when I went to junior eighty nine, mm-hmm. and you know things you had to do with, and being naked in a in a bathroom with eight guys and rubbing your dick up against another guy, like it, it's just uncalled for, right? Like mm-hmm. to me, to, to me, when you're you're a coach or you're a captain, I think it falls on the older leadership. We won't see it as social media is taking care of. I think the stupidity that might have went on when when we were young kids and, and certainly I went through some stupid stuff that I didn't do and I refused to do. Yeah. But it was out there, but you, you really didn't have a voice back then. You know, you, you don't have social media, you don't have a voice, you, you didn't have cell So all, all the shit that we might have had to go through or kids that had to go through and people had to go through, it's, it's long lasting and they have to deal with that the rest of your life. It, 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 it's trauma. And you shouldn't have to deal with that. You normally should have to deal with trauma that's uh, inflicted on a person mm-hmm. um, on, on purpose. You know, we're all going to deal with trauma that that we have to deal with that's not on purpose, but that shit's on purpose. Yeah. So, you know, I ran through some stuff, and, and we all did it in that day and age, and I, I didn't have to deal with it because I refused to, and then refused to do the shit that they were asking me to do at the time. So, you know, I didn't have to deal with the trauma because I didn't have to do it and I refused to do it. That guys have to do it or guys chose to do it because they were afraid of not achieving their dreams. And I think that's the sad part of society back then and it certainly changed now. But yeah, it was tough back then because without a voice, um, you're all, you're, you're very vulnerable to just trying to make a team. Um, I was fortunate. I was in a great position, great coach that really I was able to go to at the time and understood where I was coming from. So to the assholes out there, the degenerates that think that's really cool, fuck you. Uh, In the end, you know, I think about being part of a team is inclusion, not separating uh, people from from a team, and that's the difference between the, the junior ranks at that time. The NHL was inclusion, including people in. NHL was the greatest experience. Being a rookie, you buy dinner, you buy drinks, mm-hmm. but you're included there. They're accepting you in to a club that's very few and far between. Absolutely, junior at the time in 1989 for me was like degrading you. It's not about degrading, it's about including. That's what makes teams. Agreed. Totally. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Totally agree. And then now I have, I got 
you know, two questions left for you or two, two topics here. Then we're going to let you go. And I, I saved the best for last here is one being you and I both have an interest of disliking this person, Sean Avery. How the hell did you guys come together not liking each other? In full disclosure, I've never met him. We just both played in New York, and we both played in Dallas. So I'm very close to the trainers in New York and Dallas. Yeah. And I've heard stories. Whenever I've heard stories from players that we've crossed paths with. So over the years, I've heard stories. And like we play hockey for a living. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We do very well. We made, made good money. Fuck, who cares? We're people. I don't care if I played hockey. I don't care if I deliver mail. I don't care if I fucking serve your table or clean your table. It doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. And I've heard so many stories over the years. I was like, I'm fucking sick of this fucking douchebag. I'm sick of him. I, I, I don't care any which way. So last year, he signed or with Orlando. Yeah, I saw that. For like two days. Yeah, for a day and a half. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's two cents short of a my, dime, bro. My, my, my wife was laying on my chest. I was like, hey, babe, I'm going back to play hockey. And she's like, what the fuck? She was like, she wasn't even drunk. That she might be. It's <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'm, like, I'm playing for any team that's going to sign him. I just want to fight him because he would never fight me in the league. Yeah. Great caveat to that whole story is wait for the next couple of days because we're going to have a surprise. Really, really, really good with you, Orlando Sorbets. Huh. <laughs> right. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Now, are you? Did you only have one T-shirt made, or is there a place where I can buy that T-shirt that you wore? I, I will have the T-shirts up online very soon. Okay. It's Avery is a pussy, just a kitty cat. <laughs> yep. oh. Avery is a pussy cat where it's looking its own ass. I, I I saw that. I was like, I saw you on Twitter having it on there. I was like, I gotta get one. I have to get one. I, I have a couple other shirts we're going to release that are pretty fucking damn good. I'm pretty proud of them. Can't wait. I worked hard at this. Now, lastly, I, I you know, I, I know this is a big, you know, I had a couple guys telling, you know, I was going to have you on the podcast and they want to get, you know, your opinion and your thoughts. And like I asked you, no holding back. Your thoughts on Tortorella's and the Flyers, are they making a mistake hiring them? Poor mistake. I just, I, I, I can't say they're making a mistake. Okay. Again, they have nowhere to go but up. John Tortorella is a great guy mm-hmm. away from the ring. He's a fucking douchebag at the ring. He's horrible. Listen, I, Andre Wilde sent me a text as soon as it happened mm-hmm. and said, I can't imagine the amount of guys that are going to demand for a trade. And he, he won a Stanley Cup with Torres. Mm-hmm. He won a Stanley Cup. I played for Torres. Torres was our assistant coach my first year in Buffalo. Yeah. He's a great guy. A great guy away from it. I'm going to give you a perspective. Okay. Torres likes dogs more than people. He would rather have dogs run free 
and to leash humans. Hmm. 100%. And I love Torch, the guy away from the ring. I hate Torch at the ring. And I signed with Tab, but he didn't play me. He didn't like me as a player, and that's fine. I can separate the two. And he told me I sucked, essentially. I was a bad player, couldn't skate, couldn't play. And I was like, fuck, you just signed me to a three-year, $4.5 million deal. Mm-hmm. And we're going back 20 years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, well, trade me. I don't give a fuck. Like, I, I, I could care less. Good coach. Really good coach. I don't think in 2022... He can do the job. Plain and simple. I, 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 I agree with that. In the way he does, like, fitness testing, and he beats you down. Brandon Dubinsky, once you sign and build, this is a live player saying, prayers to Philadelphia players. Prayers to Flyer players. Now, just do that. Now, now you say like you say that, and I saw. I don't know if you saw. You saw Cam Atkinson's. You know, was, was speaking very highly of Torts, and wanting yeah. him. And, and you know, his exit meeting with Chuck Fletcher, basically wanting him in there. Like, is yeah. is is that a good thing? You know what I mean? For one player to try to you know get other players on board, or do people already have their mind made up with the guy? Do you think? That, that, that that's a great question. Listen. Marty St. Louis, who's mm-hmm. one of my favorite players and people of all time. Yep. Amazing. Hall of Famer. Unreal player. Unreal guy. Father. Great coach in Montreal. Won a Stanley Cup with tours. I get it. Because people are always going to like him. People are always going to hate him. Uh, 75% of the time, people hate Torres. Because he wears on he just wears on you. There's, there's one way. There's no... There's black and white. NHL, life is gray. There's not black and white. Mm-hmm. It's not you do it this fucking way or you're done. Torches, you do it this fucking way or it's done. It doesn't work. Not in 2022. And nobody it's likes that either. Not 2022. Yeah. And I like Torch. I'm not saying I hate Torch. I like Torch the person. I don't like towards the coach. Now, do you think do you think that is the same? I would say they're both the same. Aline Vano and Tortorella are the same caliber as coach. No, no, no. Vigneault is way more a player's coach. I'm not saying players' coaches are the way to go. Yeah, I'm just saying no. There's a little similarity. Torch is so fucking far gone. No, no. One way. One way. That's it, huh? There's more than one way to skin a cat. John Cooper is the coach that I that, that I would look to. That that's the model I would look to. John now, Cooper. Now, now you know, you knowing you know the game you played and coached as well. Who who would you if you were Chuck Fletcher? Just put put yourself in your you know Chuck Fletcher's shoes. Who would you look to go out to coach the Flyers right now? That's wow, available. That's, that's available. Yeah, that, 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 that's on the spot. Um, I didn't put any thought into it. Sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's a joke. Throw it at me. Uh, I would go <clears throat> and I, I'd look at Jeff Halpern with the top of daylight. Okay. 
Yeah, I like that. Great dude. Both great guys. Rick Tockett knows people. I, I just like people that are going to buy in. Listen, my favorite coach ever was Ted Nolan. Not the best actually in those guys. Everyone knows this game. It's not fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Everyone does the same system. Let's not pretend like all these people are fucking gurus. They all play the same way. There's only there's only three people in the world that can drop past nine seven. David. Yep. McCarr and Mr. McKinnon. Mm. They can walk it in. They all play the same defensive style. They all overload. They all they all crush it. We get it. It's not very hard. Who can get the best out of their players? That meaning who can who can make every player feel great about themselves? Torch won a Stanley Cup. If you didn't win a Stanley Cup, there's no fucking way. Ever, ever coach again. I can promise you that. They want to stay on the cup. So it's like a cat. He gets tired alive. That's Yep. Fun fact, I got to see Marty play his thousandth game in Tampa Bay against the Rangers, and the Rangers won. Fun <laughs> fact. Pretty awesome. Great dude, man. Great dude. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I now, believe Al, it. do you have anything for Matthew Any or questions or anything? Uh, you know, I just have one. Like, I, again, I'm not going to fanboy or nothing, bro. We really respect your time today and all the knowledge that you've been able to give, uh, not only to us, but to the fans of the uh, Dusty Dimes podcast. But uh, I'll tell you, you know, it's just a lot of really good childhood moments in the early 2000s. Out of, out of the three seasons you played, in my opinion, the first one with the Rangers w- was the best. Uh, you played with just such a stacked lineup. I mean, it's like you said before, you can name names all day long. But in relativity today, uh, who do you feel is going to take the take the uh, take the cake this year? Is it is it your your previous team, or is it the team in the West Coast who had the uh, least amount of losses in the entire NHL? Well, well, I played for both, and I, I love New York, man. Did I love New York? <laughs> the funny thing about it in New York is I was there from two thousand two thousand one to two thousand four, and we're in a salary cap era where it's $81 million. Our cap back then, our payroll, I should say, not cap, there was no cap, was $91 million back in 2001. Mm-hmm. How fucking insane is that? Yeah. <laughs> and cable vision. God bless him. Uh, I played for, for Tampa, and I got traded to Colorado in 04. Oh, that's right. You did play. You, I'm sorry. You played for Colorado too. Yeah, yeah we had we had Solani, uh, Korea, Adam Foot, uh, Rob Blake. Man, we had we had a great team, but we ran into a little injuries. But it is what it is. I, I'm on Colorado. Colorado. I've been in Colorado all year long. Uh, Tampa Bay. I knew last night would be. That's why I stayed off the game and who I thought would win because Colorado is a better team. They're faster. Uh, I thought last night was, was a dangerous zone. They're minus 109. I'm in the betting world now. I work for Bet99. And it just was a dangerous zone for me last night. I was like, I really think Colorado's the better team. Absolutely. Tampa's going to have their best game of the night. And I I can't bet against who I think is a better team. Tampa was awesome. Colorado stunk last night. Man, they were They were terrible. The goaltending. That's the only thing that fears me for them is neither are very good. 
Mm-hmm. Neither, if you look statistically, in this playoffs, are very good. I think they go to Frank Cruz tomorrow, and he plays. Because huh. Kemper was terrible last night. They'll give him a break, yeah. Terrible. They'll give him a break. Yeah, I, 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 think, I, I think they change it. I think they go. I don't know who wins game four, but I hammered Colorado for the series. So I'm sticking with Colorado. I think they win in six games. Fair enough. That's that's great insight. That's great insight. We'd be talking about the Rangers right now if the defense wouldn't have shit the bed <laughs> after Carolina's game six. Uh, yeah, another day in paradise. <laughs> but Matthew, we appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, if you, I can we just talk about your podcast and your book coming out real quick? You can plug that. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, in October with Matthew Barnaby, I launched. Uh, Launch one today. It's on all Spotify, Apple, YouTube, uh, MatthewBarnaby36.com. Today I had Andre Watt, who I just spent, felt like a month with. Fuck, we drunk in Moncton. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, with a bunch of the guys, Brad May and Tiger Williams, who's out of control. Uh, we had a great, great time. And yeah, my book's coming out. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Unfiltered again uh, with Matthew Barnaby on. Uh, Amazon and also on my website. Uh, pretty pumped to do a tour. We're going to do a uh, Canada-wide tour and then the cities I played with in the NHL. So thank you for pumping that up. Uh, we're pretty excited. As you know, I'm, I'm always going to say there's a couple stories in there that mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be told and don't read it to your kids. It's probably not uh, not G-rated. <laughs> But you, hey, when you come to New York, I'll be sure I'll I'll, I'll be there with Alan. And Bar- Barnes and Nobles, Times yep. Square, baby. I'm waiting for it to come on the website. I'll be there. I hope I don't shit my pants like I did in Chicago. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Matthew. We appreciate it. Thanks, brother. Hey, cheers, boys. Yep. So, I mean, wow. <laughs> Another another success in the books. Wow. Yeah, completely. I, how did I how did I forget that he played for Colorado too? I, I just was, felt like I a dummy. It's all right. Colorado. I wanted to see if you corrected you or not. Oh, that's good though. Because then, how could I do that? That's okay. It was the last team he played for. What are we gonna do? I hear you. Guy had a wonderful career. I, I tell you though, it's like I said, man. It's like I if you and I talked. 10 years ago and said, Hey, we're going to talk to Matthew Barnaby one day. I would, we, I would have laughed at you. I would have. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things, man. It's just, it's, it's amazing how that the podcast world is really, I, if I, anyone, if anyone's out there ever want to start a podcast, whether you do it through anchor or anyone else, I would just encourage it. Just do it. Just, just do it, do man. It. It's, it's crazy, you know, and, and, you know, my dad, my dad always tells me to, you know, try to stump the guest at least one time with, you know, oh, that's a good question. Like they, ne- they had never heard it. So, I mean, we successfully did that again as well. So, I mean, I, and I, it's just, it's great, man. It's great. Having a platform to talk on, you know, with your boy, you know, talking to ex-NHL players and current NHL guys and AHL guys, it's just great. What a, what a beautiful way to spend the evening. I, I hear you. you. But other than that, 
uh, Alan, thank you for being on tonight. I know it was great. You know, he, he was a ranger. It's in your glory. So, um, Hey, listen, with Lindros too, bro. You, I, you know how, how we feel about him. And that's, I know, that's, that's, that's another... my, I, I, I keep reaching out to them and I get his agent and it's, it's still, he's too, he's too big for his britches. Maybe I one day, know. maybe we can dream one day. I know one day my, my Lanny wants me to get Lindros Burns and Gagne on one day. So that's Gagne that's, might be, I think Gagne would be the one that, that would probably realistically do it. I don't know why. I just feel like it. I, hope I feel so. like he'd be the one to, to answer the call. Maybe they all will. <laughs> one day they'll, one day they're going to answer the call. You know why? Cause Dusty Dimes is going to be in the stratosphere. <laughs> all right. Other than that, uh, stay dusty guys. Stay dusty.